we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way. And I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are three years, one month, and 25 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Emerson alongside Ned. How are you, Mr. Wizard? No, I'm fine. Um, I've missed you guys, but it's, I've had plenty it's been to a do. Minute. It has been a minute. It has been a minute. Glad to have you back. <laughs> and right. uh, I would like to, uh, I'd like to offer my thanks to you for obtaining the unobtainable. I know you're right. I'd say that everything's obtainable, but we'll leave it there. Without wasting any time, uh, I suppose, let's get right into it. What do you got? Marty told us that you had a whole bunch of stuff that you wanted to talk on. You've been you've been That's away Marty, for a he's month. So he's just stitching me up. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he's putting you on the spot. So, you know, it's it's been it's been a month since uh, you've been on. So uh what what would you like to discuss? We we've got a lot to, you know, go back and forth about as far as like I tell, I, I tell you I doing. tell you what, the good thing the good thing about Marty is we, we talk about things and we always come from sometimes opposite ways. Opposite ways. Yeah, because um Marty's very opinionated. Well, we all are, but um, uh, it made me realise quite a lot because when when you when you're away from you, you're doing your research and everything like that, and you actually ease and then just open your eyes to and your ears to everything that's around you, you start to have I don't know. You get back into the what people might say the normal conversations of things, and people start to talk and and you start to get a measure of what they're thinking and. In, in, in generalization and what they want for the future. And it came very apparent that although we've got um, this globalist thing going on and this strife for power and the, the possibility of a polarization of the world into two bits and it can go in so many different ways, there are people in the world, I mean, that don't realize that as a race, we will go forward no matter what whether it's out into the solar system we'll eventually get, we will eventually get there but under what flag or what banner or what regime we don't know yet you know or what manner but there's some people that don't want the globalist idea and we'd be quite prepared to stay on earth and not go anywhere and don't realize that in itself would self-destruct and that would not work yeah you've got so many people that want and I think that what causes they got so used to what they think of their status quo that they really don't want to be shaken or moved or whatever. They think they could go on continually and not and, and keep a blind eye to it. It's all these different 
things that make you why aren't the people moving why aren't the people doing something why aren't the people en masse getting upset about things because a lot of them just want to sit on their merry ass and think the world's going to pass them by and be nice to them and it's just just not going to be that it's not going to be that world now you've got to um you're gonna you're gonna have to stand up for things or things will change and they'll encompass you and they'll absorb you or they'll eject you and if they don't see you as part of a positive to whatever regime is in charge or whatever, you will be excess baggage. Well, I, th- I think that if people don't soon, and I mean soon, when I say soon, I'm talking really quickly here. If people don't start to grasp this fact of what we're up against and what we're dealing with, they're not going to like what comes after. They're not going to like it at all. Now, if you think that you don't like it now, I assure you, you certainly won't like it when it comes into play. You're not going to like that at all. But you can't get someone to to snap out of, of that. And, you know, I, I was having this conversation was with uh, with Bruce the other day offline, and he was telling me behind the scenes about his, you know, his frustration and trying to get people to, to understand. And this goes to in all the research that, that all of us have been doing uh, and, and everything behind this, this long-range policy that we've been looking at. He said that he can't get people to even want to, to open up and be open-minded about something like that. And I said, look, we're at a point now where you can't, you know, it, it's not it's not a matter of of waking people up at this point. People are either going to get it or they're not at this stage in the game. People are either going to get it or they're not. And so the easiest way that I found and I, I tell this to people all the time, the easiest way that I found is just stop trying as in stop trying because you're 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 going to be constantly disappointed and let down and frustrated because you're trying to get someone to understand what they don't want to understand it has to be somebody wanting to learn and somebody wanting to understand you can't force someone to learn about something right they have right. to want to learn it themselves so i've had more success when people actually come to me and say hey um do you know about this or do you know you know, what's going on with this X, Y, or Z? And I'll say, yeah, that's the doorway. They have to be able to to open the door for themselves. You, <laughs> yeah. you see what I mean? Yeah, and it's a case of, yeah, and they'll just carry on. Because yeah. it's not going to, they don't think it's going to affect them. But no. you're, you're quite correct in what you're saying. Nobody can learn. I mean, it comes with understanding. I mean, any parent that has had a child um, will, will, if you get involved in their education, will say, look, you guys learn at different levels and the the penny drops at different times and it all comes with understanding and the point of you wanting to do something is it's got to come from you that what makes the big thing it's always got to come from that individual wanting to do something and i used to say and i still say to my daughter either do or you don't and she gets that and she's pushing herself forward and that is the only way people will achieve anything. If you tell them, well, you're not doing it for me because you'll never achieve anything. You do it for yourself and your understanding comes with it. And that is, you're quite correct. That is the only way that they will motivate themselves is if that penny drops for them. And until then, if it ever happens, yeah. And hopefully it won't be too late for most. No, no. And, and until that time continue to to go on about your business do your own research and and do your own uh, investigating into things and and continue to keep yourself apprised of what's going on so that when someone comes to you you'll have answers that are ready for them because in this time of confusion when you have nothing but uh, hysteria and just and just 
out of control, nonsensical agendas that are taking place. Uh, and I mean, I, the list goes on and on with these things. The U.S. Navy is actually hiring drag queens as a recruitment uh, proposal now. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So it's, as as so, as this continues to, it's, it's crazy. As this continues to, to spiral out of control, people are going to want to gravitate towards someone that has a, a rational, calm reason about themselves that can explain what's really going on. That's what people are going to be looking for. And yeah, it's um, this is this is. I mean, I, I must admit, hands up to Martin. It's nice because when when I've been away for a month, I've just looked and I've managed to do the dad thing, do the family thing, drop out of it for a bit. But the conversations keep still keep you going, and it keeps you there. On the hard side of it. Every now and then I did have an itch that I wanted to come on air, but no, I made an agreement with my daughter and I stuck to it just. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and we took, we took two weeks off. Yeah, we, t- we took two weeks off, but you and I still... But you didn't you know, take it still- off though, did you? No. You didn't take it off. <laughs> no, no. No, you didn't take it off. We gave it a legitimate go, didn't we? But we, yeah. <laughs> you, and you, I, you worked hard. You did yeah. work hard. Oh, yeah. I know you have. Yeah, we did. Uh, and we're still doing that. I'd like to thank you, actually, for um, for getting that um, that unobtainable piece, at which we will be putting into print uh, very soon. So uh, that will be, yeah, that will be taking place. Knowledge, knowledge, should, be, knowledge should be free. It is. It is. Simple and I was... I was saying, and I don't know if you caught it, but I said this earlier in the week. I said all of this information, everything that we're doing, all this literature and everything that we're we're putting all of our time and our effort and, and our, our money into, we're going to make this free and available to everybody everywhere. So this That's this right. is all going to be listed on the national and the internet archives for people to download free of charge. So it will Which be available. Is it is good. Yeah. And that's that's the way it should be because you and I were even going over some things in in the beginning in prep. This is not I'm sorry, this is just not right. I found another one. You know, I found a, a, some more defector literature uh, from these these guys that left, you know, like Russian intelligence services. And I was telling you about it. And I found another one over the weekend. And I, I'm frantically looking for a copy of it for myself. And it's it's the usual thing. Printed once, 1988, never printed again. And that was it. That was it. it and and they're they're just they're ridiculously priced. And and another book, another book on geopolitical strategy when it comes to nuclear war, I was showing you. And I've only been able to find two copies. And what was it? It was five hundred dollars. This is unacceptable, in my oh, opinion. Yeah, it is. This, this it is, is wrong. It, 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 it's, it's making the restrictions on it legally and how they want to use it. But it opens the fact that towards the end of the 80s, for those people that weren't born there, it was an an immense occasion in life where the wall came down, um, East and West Germany met each other. But the problem is, it always, it seems like due to um, just watching the publications, it's like there was a rush by very few people to get things out in the written word. And once it was out there, there was only the one publication and then they took another route and wrote another book and there were other people but a small circle of people that just tried to get stuff out there and by the 90s near enough it was shut the door was shut and all that stuff and then in the 90s you start to get the implementation of the agreements the the accords like um uh, what did what did they call it? it it's like those agendas where they, this is where they started pre-millennia all, all the agendas and all the agreements by several uh, governments to agree with which was always pushed by the UN 
Of course. And, you know, and you've got the WEF and these agendas were all to do with how they could use um, climate change. This is where they started the um, idea of the sustainable development goals and you know what? the You're lies. Right. You're right. The the, uh, the Rio Climate Summit started in with Maurice Strong. The Rio in Climate. Yeah. Yes, it was the Rio Climate. Straight after that, they shut the door on any publications. It seems because I, I wondered about the dates and I wondered about why things hadn't been read and made available. And then straight as the night started, those accords started, and it was. And that's when you got those. I mean, there was 150 signatures on some of this stuff. And this is where they, they, they really started to push and they started the scaremongering. And this yeah, is it was where right. You, it was right when the supposed Cold War ended and the Soviet Union <clears throat> collapsed and perestroika took mm -hmm. place. It was, it was right when that happened because that happened in 91. Yeah. All the sustainable development in 1992, the Rio yep. Summit. That started Correct. right after that. Yep. Yeah. And um, that's when you started, I think that's when you first started to hear the words for global governance. Yeah. And that's yeah. that, that, that's when they really started to mold, and it was very quickly. I mean, that was in what five years of the wall coming down. It was like there was too much for preparedness there. It was it was like the next step. It just fell straight into it. What was uh, they, they they created the biodiversity treaty there? That's what they did under the name of biodiversity and the sustainable development. They use all those words, but it's got nothing to do with actually looking after the world really because they used that because if if i remember rightly there was the sdgs the biodiversity treaty and then the next one was a similar time it might be 94 or might even just be 92 at the same time the wild wildlands policy and that was mostly formulated by um, a chap called david foreman and he was a very active eco terrorist group or whatever uh, there used to be a, a, a group in that came out of the southwest of usa that was um called earth first and they were very 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 reactive group and he had a lot to do with this wildlands policy which ended up formulating things like you know gonna tear all the roads up we're gonna stop all the timber being farmed and we're gonna close all these mines and everything they came they came out with one thing then another and then when you actually got to the end of their policies it basically said the population of the world will be in 25 percent of the landmass. it didn't say anything else but common sense alone tells you how are you gonna fit the existing population in 25% of the landmass, then what are you going to have to do? You're going to have well, to mass reduction. You're going to have to have mass reduction. You're going to have to uh, uproot a whole bunch of people and you're going to have to. Oh, yeah. This is this is human them. population. Re yeah. re you know, and this is all part of that. So you've you got your SDGs, you've got your biodiversity tree, and then you got the wildlands policy. And they're all implemented in the early 90s they were really kicked off then and out of these things in the early 90s and it's just kept going and it's just pushed and pushed and pushed and they've just used and abused the earth on the way because they're doing nothing for it they're, they're just doing it towards their own aims i mean if you think this group in uh called the um earth first they were very reactive. And if I remember rightly, in the 80s and 90s, they nearly caused $50 million worth of damage in the way they actually protested. That's a lot of money then. 
It is. That it is. is. It yeah. reminds me of like, mean, these extinction and, and rebellion. They're still morons. doing it. They're still yeah, yeah. causing damage. And what damage you call exponentially gets replaced. The old stuff gets taken away, put in landfill, and everything. So the eco people, as the uh, the extremists, they are not doing it because if they believed in what they done the only true way to it is peaceful protest if you do it down that extreme way and you're an eco person no you're not thinking about the earth you're not thinking about anything because you exponentially cause more destruction than you're actually trying to stop so yeah no they're a big no-no and they always have been and it's very fraudulent because basically all this is leading to is a land grab really isn't it I mean, there's nothing else you could you, you, you could say. It's a land grab. You 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 say you and a population reduction. Twenty five percent of the land. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a clip here that kind of uh, echoes kind of what you're saying about how this is all just a you know it's it's a big Ponzi scheme. You know, it's a big fraud. That looks uh, very much like um, my country. <laughs> it, it is. It just so happens that it is. Yes. Uh, this is the Greenpeace, right? That's a group that you didn't mention, but I'm sure you know who Greenpeace is. Yeah. Yes. I do. Uh, this is the Greenpeace co-founder, Dr. Patrick Moore, talking about how yeah. the system that they're using and that they've used in order to uh, basically they've they've subverted the whole process of this. Uh, uh, what's what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, eco warrior. Yeah. Well, the, you know, w- when I was growing up, the movement about the environment was was a real thing. And I'm talking about like back in the 80s, it was a real thing. It was, or at least we thought it was a real thing. It was all about recycling and conservation and what you could do in order to to stop toxifying things and, you know, all that stuff. It always, wasn't- always, Don't get me wrong. Always at the heart of these things that are true believers and true people within movements that want to do right. Yeah, but of course. You've got to research where your money's coming from and where the push is coming from. And when, instead of people supply money and say look this is for you to do with what you need and when they start to politicize it then you know you've been used as an instrument you have been used and abused what should be done given you've got a good idea you got to go about it you're in charge here's your funding but when they start to make it a media thing too much and politicize it too much in the wrong direction it fails and you have been used. You are quite right, sir. Uh, this is a, this is a few minutes, but he he explains how the whole thing that they've used has been a, a complete fraud with this this CO two global warming crap that they're throwing at everybody. One of my missions is to turn on its head the idea that carbon dioxide is a pollutant and somehow dangerous, when in fact it is the most important nutrient for all life on Earth, and without it, this would be a dead planet. So I say, not only is carbon dioxide good, it is essential. And it's a good thing that we are putting some more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere because it was running low before we came along. CO2, we know it's benefits for plants, but it is a, a known greenhouse gas and we're pumping too much of it in leading to global warming. Well, actually, it may be a known greenhouse gas, but it's not known how strong it is in terms of changing the Earth's temperature. And so far in this century, there has been zero warming 
from a statistically significant basis, and the UK Met Office says so, yet one-third of all human CO2 emissions have been put into the atmosphere in the last 18 years. So it doesn't look like a lockstep causal relationship between increasing CO2 and warming of the Earth. Are you seriously suggesting we should be pumping more stuff in, polluting the Earth more, building more coal-fired power stations just so we can make sure that the CO2 levels are good? No, I'm not, because we're putting plenty of CO2 into the atmosphere. We don't need to do it this quickly, but if we bring it up to a higher level than it is today, we will get immediately an increase in the growth of crops and trees, which is not a bad thing. In the long run, though, it doesn't matter if we bring it down quite a bit. And so that's why I'm supportive of nuclear energy and of natural gas. This tendency to go in the rich countries to wind and solar is a giant waste of money. Those wind farms will rust in place and there is no fun to decommission them when they either wear out or we decide how ridiculous it is to spend so much money for so little electricity that isn't even reliable. What are you saying about energy policy now to the ideas of decarbonization to cut? Is everyone wrong? Yes, they're wrong if they are actually basing their energy policy on decarbonization. They're not wrong to base their energy policy on cost effectiveness, on pollution control, which is why moving from coal to gas makes sense if you have it. But India has coal, and India has 300 million people with no electricity. What do we expect them to do? Of course they're going to build coal plants, but India is also building a lot more nuclear plants than the UK is right now, and it doesn't have the emissions of a coal plant. And China is building huge hydroelectric dams which don't have the emissions of coal plants. So many of these countries are doing their bit without wasting all this money on wind and solar energy, which is unreliable and prohibitively expensive in the long run. Why is this consensus out there? Look, if, they, if we had definitive proof that CO2 was causing serious problems and we could prove it, don't you think they would write that down on a piece of paper somewhere so people could read it? They don't have definitive proof, period, in science. I'm a, I'm, I'm a student of the philosophy and history of science, and I know that the scientific method has not been applied in such a way as to prove that carbon dioxide is causing the Earth to warm. Do you think in a few years, say 50 years from now, People go, that was a really stupid period in our history when we tried to change all our energy policies to cut this gas. I am firmly of the belief that the future will show that this whole hysteria over climate change was a complete fabrication. Yeah, yeah. spot on. And yeah, the man that created Greenpeace, I remember Greenpeace when they used to get the inflatables. They used to be about a lot yeah. about the ocean stuff yeah. and a lot about the, the uh, actually the marine life. And everything else and around all the oil rigs etc etc he's correct the one thing he says wouldn't it be down on paper somewhere the actual proof once again all you've got is the experts say that i'm getting really bored with that that word experts because it means nobody because there is no reference to anybody of any scientific know-how and the biggest problem we've got there is the scientists aren't speaking up because they're afraid of losing funding for what they do they are being the biggest hypocrites of what they're supposed to uphold. And that is a scary bit, because that means they will bend over backwards in any direction for the future. And that's not good for mankind. Not at all. But that man is correct in so many ways. I mean, yeah, it is all about it's all about changing the structure of society. And it is and he's I mean, if you look at the pointers there, he's talking about other countries that aren't even bothering to go solar. And they're not bothering to go to wind farms. 
so the West is implementing another stupid thing and then being led by the nose. It's like the West being a bull with a great big ring in its nose and it's been dragged all over the place in any in any direction. By the question is, well, not who, because we know that uh, I that that word has taken on so many different meanings, hasn't it? Yeah, but, it has, yeah. Yeah. Um, but people have got to be aware. This is the world as it is now, irrespective of. Um, I, know, I know you've been doing a hell of a lot of research to find out where all the directions of this come from and how long it's been going on and putting it across to people of how long the West has been hoodwinked and manipulated and everything, um, whether it's under Lenin and even Lenin used it, uh, the facade of Marxism and drove it along under his own banner and people went, whoa, yeah, all for the party and bollocks to the people. And uh, if you look about it, the, Biden's no different. Biden is no different. He, he is a mirror image of it. It's all about, I mean, when people question how much the, the what they call the Democrats or whatever they call it over there, uh, have made themselves rich at the expense of the people and pushed them around, it is all for the party and the party alone and no one else. It, it sort of mirrors stuff in many ways, but there's so much going on. It's such a mix-up, and I think the one thing we've got to be careful of is giving too many names out there because this is all about control. Whether they want to uh, come under the banner of Marxism or whatever or democracy, those titles, if people would actually look into what those meant and then view what is happening by the people who are spouting it all and stuff like this... You know, do a bit of reading, do a bit of research. You might actually be a bit enlightened because you might look at it all, look at what what all these titles mean, and actually think about it. I mean, we out on the streets again. The 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 socialist paper is in people are out there trying to sell it or give it away out out on our streets and stuff like that. But yeah, when people hear, oh, it's the socialist. This is for the people. No, be careful. Be careful because there's so many facades and just. Think about where you stand at this moment as an individual, what you were paying, what has changed so radically, and how your life, if things don't stabilise and the governments don't reaffirm the cost of your living, what you are going to lose, and how much of that goes into these other policies that you have never bothered with because you've trusted your governments, the policies of the UN, the WEF, and the WHO. I mean, all these unelected bodies are getting the elected bodies to sign everything over. And that is your livelihoods. And whether you might chortle when somebody says those, what will probably become an immortal saying, um, you will have nothing and be happy. Well, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not going to be happy that way. You are not going to be happy because you have the right to work, to earn your playtime, to earn what you do with your money. And saying that, what the hell is Fed now that's coming to clause All this that. money? Yeah, I'll tell you what that is. Uh, that is. Uh, well, by the way, we actually received a. Um, uh, a confidential uh, communique from Treasury, and they said that the U.S. is set to default on June 1st of this coming year, which is less than 30 days from now. Now, if the United States defaults, 
on its debt because they've already said, well, nope, we're not going to raise the debt ceiling. Oh, you've done it a trillion times and now you're not going to do it. Uh-huh. It's almost like they, um, they're planning it that way. And uh, who's going to be left holding the bag? Who's spending uh, about a trillion a day to bail out the banks with the overnight loans? Who's asking for that money? Who's extending that line of credit? Oh, and then you're going to be the one to implement a new system when your system that you've created to fail fails? Huh. Well, after the U.S. defaults, they will have 30 days before they will have to technically go into, quote, receivership, at which point, guess what will be coming online the first week of July? Fed now. You know what? It's almost like they planned it that way. I heard that. I heard that they were implementing that from the or trying to from the first of May. Uh, Well, no, they're they're starting like it, it was announced and it's going to start in the middle of summer. So first yeah. week of July, somewhere along in there, which so, is so basically, enough. correct me if I'm wrong, an individual that's earning money, say a normal, a, a, an everyday person that's earning money and wants to spend it, then the Fed get a notification and then will allow it or not. If I understand it correctly, on the individual level, that's what they're proposing. Yes. However, this particular service now obviously not any pun intended, you know, Fed now, it is going to be specifically for businesses and financial institutions, which we all know that's how it's going to start, right? They're going Mm -hmm. to take it in places where they know that they're not going to have any resistance and they'll implement it that way and try and get all the kinks worked out. Now, on the UK side of things, the Bank of England, you guys are starting a digital pound. It is on the way. And that particular thing, they have already said, the governor of the Bank of England has already said that you will not be allowed to spend more than 1,000 pounds sterling at any point in time. Oh, without question, that is. Yes. They will question it. Yes. Oh, I, no, no, I, that's no. already implemented. Yeah, 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 that, that part. Well, that's no, already it's, implemented. it's not. No, it's not. A, it's not a matter of whether they will question it or not, because that's already, I mean, that goes without saying, because that already takes place. You know that for a fact. But... This is you will not be allowed to spend more than a thousand pounds or transfer a thousand pounds at any given time. So you can't transfer a thousand pounds or excuse me, twelve hundred pounds or fifteen hundred pounds or whatever. You have that like that limit at ceiling and that's it. So, yeah, you have like a thousand pound transaction limit and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you get a car for a thousand pounds. That'd be nice. Can I well, have no, car, see, you'll, you'll own nothing. I've only got, you'll be I've happy only got about a thousand pounds to give you. You'll have to take it. Well, yeah, but but see, you're, you're missing the point because you'll own nothing and you'll be happy about it. So you won't be exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, sorry, all you're getting is a thousand pounds for all the energy I use. Why? I'm not allowed to give you anything else. <laughs> yeah, that's my carbon footprint that I'm allotting to you. Here you go. Have a nice day. And yeah, you've got. Uh, I mean, it is. It is pushing for, like you say, you. you yeah, I'll have nothing to be happy because who's that git in um, JP Morgan? Jamie Dimon. Jamie, Jamie Dimon. Dimon, yeah. Yeah. Yes, he's a. I mean, what? Wait, he sent a letter out, didn't he? He sent a letter out to his shareholders um, uh, last month when I was away. And it was it had reference to um, basically government businesses and non organization, uh, non government organizations may have to invoke imminent domain to get adequate investment fast enough for. Grid, solar, wind, and pipeline initiatives. An eminent domain is a legal term. It means the government using its power to expropriate private property for public use, provided the government provides uh, the private owner proper compensation. So that's basically saying they can 
to say we're going to have that, and here's what you're getting for it. Thank you very much. <laughs> and that CEO thinks he's got the right to do that yeah. or raise that question? Yeah. No. See, this is it. So we can't spend more than a thousand pounds. So here's a thousand pounds. And by the way, I'll have your house. Thank you very much. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That's a sick. That is a sicko extreme. But yeah, that is the way it is. Yeah, that is the way it is. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I know. And oh, the what a world. What a world. What else has been going on since I've been away? Um, um well, it's been a, bit of a crazy see. month. It has been a bit of a crazy month. Uh, we do have some uh, some news on the uh, on the COVID front. I thought I'd bring this up. The Daily Mirror did a piece uh, last week, and they said that Brits urge to wear face masks, masks again as uh, Arcturus COVID strain spreads across the UK. No point. COVID's here to stay. Breathe it out. Cuddle each other. Think, treat it like German measles. Fray your kids amongst it. Get it. Breathe it in. Breathe it out. Get rid of it. It's here to stay. So what? I actually heard an Put interesting that face one. mask on. It's <laughs> yes. not going to make you feel more comfortable. Yeah, it makes you look an idiot. And tell you what, it doesn't stop it anyway. God, so I'm still seeing, what's the difference? I, I'm still seeing the occasional person wear one of these things. I, I stopped in a yeah, uh, yeah, they're, uh, in they're an electronic store. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. I, I stopped in an electronic store over the weekend. I needed to grab something. I, I ran in there. And out from the side of the aisle comes this guy who's wearing a, an N95 with the double strap. So the top, you know, the top of his head strap and the other one down around his neck. So it was real, you know, like it was cinched up on all all four sides there. It's just it's ridiculous. I mean, you could have your own comedy sketch. I mean, I have uh, it's wrong of me. It must be it is wrong of me. I did go into an establishment. Yeah. And there was this person there. And they were standing a gap between behind the person. But since they saw somebody come into the queue behind them, they face masked up. So I nudged forward. <laughs> and then they moved. And then they realized they'd run out of room between the one in front of them and the one after. And they looked at me as if, and I, I tell you what, it was like, you get to think, well, you know, I'm not trying to kill you. You don't well, they think you are. Them, you know? <laughs> they think you are. <laughs> and the person in front with no face mask and this imbecile behind them, which is me with no face mask, is closing them into their... Man, the, the mental state of these people now, the fear and everything. And I just went, you don't need that. And by the way, I'll give you a space. And I stepped back. But it was just... It was, it, it was, it was sad. It was really sad. And the state of mind that that person is in because of the fear and everything. And the majority of them nowadays are elderly people or people that are on something medical-wise or whatever, and they are—they must be permanently living on the itch. Yeah. The, the, I, I mean, it, the, the amount of psychological damage that's been done to people, uh, it's, it's beyond comprehension because they are, especially like the, the ones that are uh, like the up-and-coming generation, they're messed up. I mean, they're they're really messed up. This is this traumatic experience will stick with them for the rest of their lives, you know. And we talked about I don't necessarily want to call it um, disabilities that they're going to grow up with, but it is the it fact. Is, that, no, 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 no. If if I mean, really, yeah, it just. But it, they've it, missed mental cruelty. Is yeah, they've forcing. They've missed this disability. They, they, well, yeah, that's it. That's it. Exactly. And, and thank you for clarifying. But they've missed these crucial years in their social development and they're not able to go back and get that back. They can't socialize. They no. will literally that they'll be the hermit that lives in the cage, a cave, yeah. you know, and that'll be it. They won't want to associate. You see, the irony of it is 
they will believe that they are going to lead a healthier life by not associating with people, but they're not. Because that's how the human race goes into a further existence by sharing all your bugs and getting the herd immunity and everything. And yes, those that survive move on. It, that is why it's called herd immunity. But we have nature has given us such an ability and it's grown over a very long time. And these gits are just using it. I mean, I think there's, there's two, ma two massive industries that have and do manipulate and change the mental outlook of people. And that is the pharmaceutical industry and the cosmetic industry. And they have two massive impacts on mankind. You've got the social industry now, which is um, through your electronic items. But as I have learned, having a child and stuff where, especially being a, being a young, uh, when it's at young stage girls where they go through the queen of selfies and they look at these social medias and they look at the faces and the changes there. And yet they get to a stage if they come, they should eventually come to an understanding if their parents help them, that is a hell of a destructive side on social media. And thankfully my daughter has, and she can put it to the side or whatever and use it as she sees fit. That is what it's there for. Use it as you see fit and not become a puppet to it because it can really change and manipulate the way you are and the way you feel. And it can make you feel insecure because social media has a massive way of making kids feel insecure and it, and, and molding them for the, the pitfalls of life, not getting them to be able to cope with the pitfalls of life. It actually puts them in a worse position as far as I'm concerned. And that is where it needs to be out there, the honesty of it all, you know, open platforms to be able to speak about all these things and let the let the youngsters come forth and be able to talk about it. But there is no debate. And when there is no debate, and that's the biggest problem, there still is no debate. There is no against and fors. There's just the outcry of media against things and the outcry of media, media for whatever their agenda is. And it just, there is no two sides to every story. And as long as there's that, you're being manipulated. You're being pushed in a direction. Because as long as there is no debate, open debate for people, not a manufactured debate. And as we're talking about pharma, your CDC, oh, they do make a fast of everything. I, uh, By the way, on that, before you, before you get into what you've got there on the CDC, I would just like to say that, unfortunately, the director of the CDC is stepping down, Rochelle Walensky. She's decided to uh, to move on to uh, greener pastures. Oh, God. Hangman? Axe murderer? Yeah, but, uh, possibly. I, I'm not sure. Grim Reaper? I, I don't know. <laughs> Something. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. That woman was Why? wrong about absolutely well, everything that she said. Yeah, I know. But the thing is, it, it's like the agenda still keeps moving, and I will harp on it, and I will always harp on it. If you want to stay healthy, you've got to... The, the generations that are coming, I'm talking to, because my generation and a couple of generations after me are knackered in many reasons because they are medically owned by the pharma industry. They have medical needs and whatever, and they will probably not shift them. Yeah, they will think they're sick or whatever. But those that are coming up, you've just got to take your medical uh, autonomy on yourself. You don't need things. You do not need things. You can lead a healthy life and carry on and live okay. Yeah. Uh, my family's always done it. I've always done it. And uh, no matter what, 
Um, even down to the point that if you get drunk, you put up with your own hangover. You don't, you don't go and get yourself some proofing and give it, whoo, this is going to feel better. Best you way to avoid a hangover. Yeah, of course, of course. Best way to avoid a hangover, don't drink. Uh, or is that? Or nip down to the, the diving hub and take some nice pure oxygen clear your head. There you go. Yeah, that, that'll straighten <laughs> you out. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but no, don't, don't. That was just a naughty thing to do. But, um... Yeah, no. Take take charge of it. Stay healthy. Stay out there. Eat the right stuff. I mean, they're going to be pushing so many things. Uh, I mean, why are eggs getting even more scarce? Uh, because it's an essential pure protein that you can have every day. I eat uh, probably six to eight eggs a day myself. I'm, eggs are lovely. Eggs, they eggs, are. Eggs they're fantastic. Are a they're a great thing. protein. They're good for you. Great protein. People can shout about whatever but there are free range eggs out there there are chickens that are running around there are so many farmers giving it what the hell is going on but let me tell you something right there was a lot of money required to push a lot of agendas that are now being pushed and guess where they got it from in the uk i'd say it was six thousand pounds ahead for all this covid stuff and someone's got it all and that's just the uk it's the US and everything else. All that money has gone into a direction and it's going to be pushing and used to push agenda after agenda after agenda. So you, some people could say uh, the worst thing is we bought this on ourselves. No, we've been abused. And that's it. The simple case of those that have been given the trust have abused just about every right that you have. And it's just the beginning. There is even more of it coming and it's not... Some people say, oh, man, that's really dark. I mean, is there any way out? Yeah, there is. Get up, talk about it, have your say, push. Push verbally, get it out there. It's it's like during the summer, this is what got me. It, 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 the darkness of it, I mean, some people say uh, I, I, I'm mad because um, there must be some psychotic reason because I laugh at the darkness of it because when somebody like the CDC can come out and go, wow, the flu vaccine, and they'll give, they'll give these lovely charts out and say, at this moment in time, there is testing of all these respiratory problems out there. Only 1% of them will show any signs of flu problems. But in the flu season, it's going to get worse. So take your flu vaccine. But the problem with that is if you take what is a non-live, non-active flu vaccine... Guess what happens? If you look into other research and find out that people are checking this out all the time, uh, that doesn't help you against the flu. In fact, it makes you open to other respiratory viruses. So do not take it, please. Give yourself a chance. Yeah, if you get a shitty cold and you feel like crap, it's not going to last forever. Get off, go for a walk, do a bit of exercise, have a nice hot toddy or something, some good food. You get over it. Believe it or not, You'll get over it. And by the way, on zero day of when the flu vaccines get given out, there are a, a certain small percentage of deaths caused by that, which they find acceptable. I didn't realize they had a, a, a number of people that died of the actual flu vaccines. I didn't realize that was the Related case. Related to thought, flu vaccines, yes, they yeah, do. Yeah, And it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I thought all they had largely gotten past that. Nope. If you look, actually, if people just go out there and actually look how long the flu vaccine has been going on and try and get your, in your country, it would be Medicare. 
Medicare Medicare, results Medicare is for uh, that's the over sixty fives, and then Medicaid is for the ones that make yeah. under a certain. So it's money, Medicare, so, yeah. Medicaid. Yeah, it's the CDC. You try and find your CDC reports and stuff like that. It's a very convoluted way, and if you go back and back, they won't release a lot of information unless you actually dig it up, and you will find out how pointless the actual vaccine is and how damaging, uh, how much of a negative it has been and is. And that is the problem with vaccines. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm an anti-non-live vaxxer. Yeah. If it's not a live vaccine, the chances are it's going to have a detrimental effect. Ended it. We've always been arguing the fact that, the, you know, the, the flu vaccines don't actually do anything. I mean, they literally take the foremost dominant strains from the year prior and then they mm -hmm. cultivate based on that. And then that's what they issue to. And what does the uh, virus do? It constantly mutates. Changes. Constantly. <laughs> so, and so it's like, yes. well, you're just throwing darts at a board on the wall is, is all you're doing. Uh, we, actually, I'll tell you what you're doing. You're just putting your hand in your pocket and going, take my money. Yeah, more or less. Well, no, see, the, you see, Ned, the flu shot. Well, that's free. That doesn't cost you anything. Uh, it just course, comes out of your tax. The, not only the tax, but, uh, you know, government taxes, uh, but they're also taking it from the insurance company. So the insurance and racket on, is making a whole bunch of money on it, too. And then if it's got a possible, even a low percentage possibility of a negative effect, you're paying for you're what? Paying, you're paying for, for pain. The, yep, for the, you're uh, paying the care for afterwards. Pain. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and everything that happens after that, no matter what they say, oh, that wasn't it. And just because they say there's nothing to do with that, well, yeah. One thing that happened while you were away, uh, and it happened during the time that we were uh, off the air, or we were just going off the air uh, for our, our two-week uh, research uh, escapade that we did, and that was, you know how the, the Germans had a little bit of a problem with uh, their vaccination runs, a little bit of an issue with them, as in they had a lot of people that were damaged because of them. Around 4% of their population now is considered to be permanently disabled because of them. They opened up a hotline in Bavaria. Oh, dear. Yeah, they opened up a hotline down, down in Bavaria in Munich. So anybody could call in and report that they had an adverse reaction or they were medically such, damaged yeah. in some way by the COVID vaccine. They opened the lines up and within an hour, they had so many calls that the system crashed and it never came back online. The next yeah. day, the next day, the next morning, the <clears throat> health minister came out and declared the pandemic over. Yeah, so the pandemic's over, but what about the fallout from it? What fallout? Oh, so hang on. The pandemic <laughs> you is You see what over. I mean? Does that mean COVID doesn't exist? A virus doesn't stop mutating? It's going to be out there. COVID is here to stay. That's the honesty of it all. It will. It's it's going to be like uh, similar to, I mean, the common cold. It's always going to be there. The common cold isn't a problem. That actually helps you about COVID, against COVID, if you get the cold, which is quite a strange thing. Thank you, nature. But if the pandemic is over, the death toll is still rising. Yeah, as so a matter of pandemic, fact, we've, we've so got the actual people... pandemic is over, but the fallout from the vaccine isn't. So that is correct. Keep but reporting it. But the usual propaganda arms are still going. So, well, that's, you know, it's just one of these things we have to accept. It's uh, it's SADS, you know, sudden ad adult death syndrome. You oh, know, you plant no. vegetables, it oh. causes a heart attack. A heat causes heart attack. We tried. We did it. We did it in the best intentions, did we? To save your life with this vaccine. We thought it would help you, but we killed most of you. Thank you very much.
<laughs> what are you supposed to say? That's what it is. That's exactly what, uh, what what's what's happened here. But this is Ted Rose earlier this oh, week. Dear, I know, oh, I know, I know. Ethiopian I, I, terrorist. Yes, yes, I I heard it. So you're going to have to as well. Thank uh, you very declaring much. the pandemic over, but the health emergency is still there. It's therefore with great hope that I declare COVID-19 over as a global health emergency. However, that does not mean COVID-19 is over as a global health threat. Last week, COVID-19 claimed life every three minutes. And that's just the death we know about. It's off. As we speak, thousands of people around the world are fighting for their lives in intensive care units. And millions more continue to live with the debilitating effects of post-COVID-19 condition. This virus is here to stay. It's still killing and it's still changing. The risk remains of a new, of new variants emerging that cause new surges in cases and does. Excuse me. He got the V, the first letter, right? Not the virus, but the vaccine. Every death now that couldn't be attributed to immunology degradation due to the vaccine and everything else is going to be attributed to COVID-19 virus. Oh, they've got an endless supply because that immunology, I mean, we've talked about it. We've talked about how the vaccine, people, you have just got to look at the information yourself. There are so many people out there with good information. You've got to look into the pathologist, the medical side of things, and try and understand it yourself. One small step at a time. Because if not for yourself, for your kids. Because at the end of the day, vaccines, look into vac the simplicity of it all. Look into vaccine history, non-live and live. And look at any every man-made, man-made vaccine in history and see if it's actually worked. Just that simple fact. And then you might get that little itch in the back of your head, giving it, someone's taking me for a ride here. And that might just start to trigger something, but you've got to want to do it yourself. If you just want to turn a blind eye to it and say, well, the pandemic's over, pain isn't. The pain isn't and the fallout isn't, and it isn't going to be over for a long time. But yes, what other amusing thing happened? Uh, Putin assassination attempt? Oh, for God's sake, yeah, that. Because we're going to fly a drone all the way from Kiev over to Moscow, because that's just across the street, you see. <laughs> They're going to fly that all the way over there and detonate it yeah. 50 meters above the Kremlin in the middle of the night and call it an assassination attempt. Because you know Putin sleeps in the Kremlin, you know that, right? <laughs> yeah, well, he does. has his windows open all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they get all these idiots to put things on Twitter and, oh, it's just, it's just, I don't have a Twitter account, but the trouble is, even if it's not there, uh, people pick up on it and then they send it somewhere else and it comes out in one form or another, and then you got to trace it back and, oh, I, I don't know, I mean, who was that idiot that, um, was it days before, offered a half a million dollar bounty or something? Someone put a bounty um, on somebody's head. I didn't. I didn't hear that. No. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, who? Um, uh, Volodymyr uh, Yatsenko, that banking baron, Ukrainian uh -huh. banking baron bloke. Okay, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Is that their central he, banking he, guy that just bought himself a new <laughs> Rolls Royce? Yeah, he offered half a million bounty to any weapons maker able to make or land a drone in Red Square during the up and coming Victory Day parade. He actually put it out there beforehand. Yeah. So we're not saying 
It was a setup. We're not saying this is fun. But after it, you then get your um uh hang on, who was it? Yuri Romanenko, who has ties to the Ukrainian security, whatever, Intel lot. And he went, Oh, look, our Intel services, we received information about your visit, Putin. We nearly got you. So you got this coming out beforehand, and then you got that coming out afterhand, and you're giving it, it's coming a bit of a sideshow. <laughs> did, did you see the, uh, did, did you see the, uh, the head of uh, the Wagner group that uh, was calling out uh, the Kremlin for not supplying them with shells? Did you see that, that video? No, no, no. Oh, I you haven't. didn't see that? Okay. Well, it, anyway, I'm. I mean, it, it's it's laughable. It's comedic to see the way that this is all scripted and how it's all put on because you're openly criticizing the Kremlin and you don't expect to get served a glass of their finest tea. I mean, yes, I'm exactly. just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I, I'm watching all this stuff and I'm like, I'll take the Russian propaganda video for a thousand, Alex. You know. <laughs> It's, it's just it's it's like they're, they're just kind of like they're all making up their own reality and they're trying to get all of us to share in that delusion with them but the thing is the thing is what they, what they don't get is because everybody thinks celebrity status is where the what moves the whole world and that's what everybody wants to be that's what they believe you've just got to put it in front of the faces and nobody will sort of um disseminate the right meaning from anything or uh, in the, make the understanding. They, they won't see past the damn thing. And that's what they'll be talking about. Oh, did you hear this? Or did you hear that? Or, you know, and I'm giving it, <sighs> it's quite funny, really. But this is, this is what moves, moves the whole of societies. What comes out of that telly? They don't go looking at anything anymore. They just don't. But yeah, that, that the actual, interesting stuff that you've been digging into that leads up to the end of the 80s and how quickly you get that transformation from the 80s into the new powers that want to be of the the who the wef and the un and how they push the agenda that was so streamlined you could say it was just one swift movement yeah yeah but yeah it's it's been an interest i have done some reading and it's been interesting and you triggered that and it was very, very, very interesting. But it's it's uh, there's, there's far too many seamless changes over the decades to actually, you know, not suspect something. One coincidence, two coincidences. When you get a, a stream of coincidences, you just start to go, oops. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, looking at everything, and I, I was as a, you know, you you were just talking about there with the you know like the World Economic Forum and stuff, and and we're watching all this stuff, and and Bruce and I are sitting there last year, you know, we're we're sitting there and we're like, okay, there's something we're missing here, we're just not seeing it. What is it? And then we're looking at uh, you know these these Yahoo's like Klaus Schwab and these these guys and you know Gates and these idiots, and we're looking at these people and we're like, okay, we're supposed to see these guys, we understand that, but everything that that's being pushed by by like Schwab and all these these guys, everything that they're pushing sounds like system of, of cultural Marxism. It sounds like they, you know, they want to introduce Marxism. But yet, how does that play with the agenda that they're currently running with? Putin's been expelled and all the rest of it. It's because they have to go with that agenda. They're so committed to that agenda. And it's it's funny because now they've got the the left in Europe and in the United States twisted back around on themselves to where Historically, they haven't been against what Russia is doing, but now they have to be because they were for the COVID thing. They have to be for Ukraine instead of uh, against it, where you know the, how they would normally be against it. So they've actually mm -hmm. got 
everything reversed back on itself and they've got their own like they're they're chasing their own tail now i mean one of of the outcomes of all this is uh without with all this inflammation of ukraine is all it's going to lead to is um i i the only thing i can say is you're going to go back to cold war nuclear arming again and that's you're gonna gonna have to you're gonna have to or or Um, we just we won't survive. That is how it, that that is how it is going to go. There, there is no choice. That is that is going to happen. No matter what anybody says, that is we're going to go back to Cold War armament again. Providing, providing, and, and I agree with you. But providing we have got to get the negligent and ignorant people that are our so-called leaders here in the West to actually realize that we have a problem first, and they don't understand yeah, it yet. All that. Um, yeah. What else happened? Oh, oh well, yeah. Well, there was uh, there was Charlie's coronation. And there was Charlie's coronation. Yes, I must admit, being a serviceman, love my country. What the royal family, and there are certain people in there, and the best of them have gone, and it's becoming a bit of a parody now, as if they were waiting for them to do. And it made me wonder why Queen Elizabeth hang on, hung on so long. And sometimes I do wonder, and I will never know. She never wanted Charlie to sit that throne. That is something she never wanted to happen. And you can question why and whatever. And obviously it was never going to be a good thing. And there is, like all things, there would have been all manner of things behind closed doors. There would have been things that, because they were leaders of countries, they wouldn't have been able to do. And they had to kowtow down to the white-collar workers within the government that run behind the government. It's a very convoluted thing. But at the end of the day, there were... A few of them that did their duty as they saw towards the country and the people, and I will still believe that, and I was all, I will always believe that. And they're gone. But there is one amusing thing that came out of it. Um, somebody wrote Charlie a letter. Interesting. Didn't hear about this. Julia Assange wrote him. Oh, Assange wrote him a letter. <laughs> prison. He did, uh, asking him if he would like to come and visit him. <laughs> Interesting. Did he give a response? You, you, actually, the letter is a very. I found it seriously amusing, a slightly sarcastic, but very, very interesting. Um, I could um, flash it up and read it to you, but um, it would take a, a short while. But if anybody out there wants to, um, it might be, uh, I, I found it, and it's very interesting. It is out there, and it is available. Julia Assange wrote a letter to King Charles from prison, and it is worth a read, definitely. I mean, he we'll writes some good stuff. It. Yeah, and it's very interesting and amusing. I, I do. I, I did appreciate that. Well, but, it has it has been a fascinating conversation, my friend. Uh, we are at time. We're going to have to go. But uh, I'm glad you're back. Glad that you had uh, a good time off and you got yourself recouped, I think. But oh, well, yeah, I, I mean, look, look, I'm 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 twitchy and I laugh at life enough and the dark sides of things. It doesn't affect me that much. Well, I'm we have to, to have say. a sense of humor during all this, don't we? <laughs> we do come to the UK. Even. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I do need to make a trip over there. I was talking to uh, to Marty. I was and I was actually talking to you. You know, I've got the uh, uh, the portable studio here, and we could get everybody. I'd like to do a proper, you know, get everybody around the table and probably like a hotel conference room or something. But uh, we'll get everybody together and we'll all good. sit around sit around the table and we'll actually get it properly done. But uh, yeah, well, it's been uh, it's been a great conversation with you. I'm sorry that Bruce didn't make it in. I'm sure you were looking forward That's to cool. uh, to meet him. Yeah, but yeah. He'll be, he'll be uh, back I, on later. Uh, in the week. Uh, 
I'll miss him. But yeah. I'm sure I'll meet up with him sometime. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course you will. We're going to go ahead and call this one done. So, Ned, I would like to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone and have a great evening.